Well, hey, everyone, this is Heidi St. John. I'm glad you guys have tuned in today. Today, I'm going to take you on a little trip into the wacky world of diversity, equity, and inclusion. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. All right, so maybe today I should have said, stick around. I think you're going to be enlightened because that's really what today's episode is about. I'm working my way through questions that you guys have been sending here to the show. And if you would like your question addressed, I would certainly love to hear from you. HeidiStJohn.com forward slash mailbox Monday. Today is Thanksgiving week, and we are very excited as a family just to be gathering with loved ones and just talking about the goodness of the Lord and how thankful we are to be living in the United States, be living in this time in human history, a lot of people frustrated, I know, with what's happening in the culture right now. But we have a lot to be thankful for. And I hope that as you are preparing to spend a few days with family, just reminiscing and hopefully enjoying some good food and some good fellowship, that you will take some time and just thank the Lord for what he's done and ask him for his blessing and his direction as we continue moving forward. We're on a continuum, right? So every single day, we're a little bit closer to our own, uh, our own, the end of our own lives, or we're closer to the return of the Lord. We want our lives to count. And I don't know about you, but when my life is over, I want it to have meant something. I want the people in my life who have been in my life to know that I loved them. I want my life to be uh, a modern day Esther for the Lord. I want to be able to speak truth in the public square. And so much of what you guys write in about is exactly that. It's truth in the public square. How can we um, make sure that our children know what truth is? Are we going to defend it in the culture? And that's really where the question I'm going to talk to you for the first part of the show today came from, I think, just a, a listener who's saying, hey, help me understand this issue. Before I jump into the question, though, I want to let you guys know that we are coming to the end of an awesome study that we've been working through at MomStrong International. I hope you guys have been enjoying that. It's called the peaceful fruit of righteousness. We're studying the principles of parenting that really do apply to every single season of parenting, whether you've got little ones at home or whether you've got teenagers or you are the parent of a young adult. God's word applies and it applies for the for the concept of diversity, equity, inclusion. God's word is relevant to our lives right now. And so if you haven't joined me at MomStrong International, I want to encourage you to do that. Listen up, you guys. You can give a, a membership to MomStrong International away for a Christmas gift. If you've got someone in your life that you want to see walking uh, in a better relationship with the Lord or understanding his word better, this is a great time to join us at MSI. That's MomStrongInternational.com. This next month for the for three weeks in December, I'm going to be teaching about the peace of God. There's a difference between having peace with God and experiencing the peace of God. We're going to talk about shalom what it means to experience peace as the Bible describes it. And it's an awesome time to talk about it because it's not dependent on our circumstances. Peace, the peace that comes from walking with God, first having peace with God and then walking with God, uh, that is a peace that passes understanding. And it has nothing to do with our circumstances, nothing to do with our health, nothing to do with politics. It is a soul at rest. And if you would like to know what it's like or what it looks like, to have a soul at rest. Join me at MomStrong International for the month of December as we study the peace of God. All right, I'm going to jump into your questions today. 
An anonymous listener in Colorado wrote in and said, Heidi, could you please share what diversity, equity, and inclusion is about? It's being rolled out everywhere and others present some good rebuttals, but I know it's a disguise to bring indoctrination. My friend is a believer and a black woman. She is the head of DEI at our place of work and she thinks it's great. Please help. Uh, I love your podcast. You are were the one that brought me through the start of the pandemic and growing closer to the Lord. Oh, thank you. I love to hear that. So first of all, there are there are so many issues surrounding diversity, equity, inclusion. I love that Jordan Peterson changed those letters around. He says it's diversity, inclusion, and equity, and it spells die. (laughs) I really, I like that. But any statement of diversity, equity, inclusion that is acceptable in a modern day environment for, let's say, uh, a job search or something like that, or you're going to try to to present your case before a diversity, equity, inclusion board, I just want you to understand something. It's not about diversity. It's not about equity and it's not about inclusion at all. This is the cult of wokeness that I've been talking about for a long time here at the podcast. What it does is it basically says, if you fall into a particular category, we're going to outline your plans for using the power of your position to punish people who disagree with you. So if the establishment deems you as an oppressor, which it absolutely could under the DEI rules, maybe you're an oppressor. At the same time, we're going to show favoritism to anyone that we deem as a victim. So it separates the culture into two classes. There's a victim class and there's an an oppressor class. It's another way of dividing us. And this has been happening now for years. And I think people are starting to wake up to it. But I'm I'm glad that that you're writing in because I think it's an important conversation. So the intent of this requirement, these DEI requirements, many people have to go through a diversity, equity, inclusion office in order to get a job. Uh, is to promote and enforce a strict conformity to an ideology. So no diversity of viewpoint in your diversity statement. Thank you very much. You have to swear fealty to anti-racism, right? In the same way that a Communist Party member has to constantly declare their loyalty to the revolution. And a predictable outcome is that all acceptable diversity statements sound pretty much the same. Essentially like woke parodies spouting terms like anti-racist and deconstructionist and white supremacy. And indeed, this is the goal. The goal is groupthink to the diversity gurus. And it's a feature, not a bug. So to be admitted into the academic guild or to be to admitted to a medical guild, for example, applicants must now parrot phrases that they learn from their advisors, from luminaries in their fields like Kendi, and from reading types of articles that indoctrinate thoroughly this generation into the woke ideology of diversity, equity, inclusion. This is the language of the left, right? So for a long, long time, I've been saying whatever the left says, just uh, say it backward and you've got it right. So when they say that enacting Congress, for example, is for the people, you just want to put in the word not, not for the people. And this is exactly true of diversity, equity, inclusion. It's just on its head. I'm going to play really quickly a brilliant clip from a speech that uh, Ben Shapiro gave recently. Let's take a listen and then I'll come back and comment on it. Which of course is the sort of happy talk, the Orwellian happy talk that you hear very often from the left. It's like when Twitter says they have a health and safety council and what they really mean is you're not allowed to say anything we don't like, like Leah Thomas is a dude or we'll ban you because that's health and safety, right? So they say diversity, equity, and inclusion. And what they mean by that is shut up. Right? They don't mean inclusion, because if you have a, a point of view that argues with their own, then you should be quiet. And by equity, 
They mean, again, systems of power that have to be reversed. They don't mean equality, right? Because equality of rights might actually be something worth pursuing. What they mean is equity, equality of outcome. And that can only be achieved if a finger is put on the scale on behalf of marginalized groups. So this means that institutions are allowed to discriminate against Asian Americans at Harvard so that they can't get into the schools. You know, make sure that you have to correct that historic discrimination because, of course, Asian Americans were the chief beneficiaries of Harvard when it was first established by Asian Americans in the Asian dominant system that was created by Asian Americans at the founding of the United States. <laughs> you press forward inclusion by saying that anybody who goes to church is really, we don't mean you. And if you're one of those crazy people who cites the Bible, we don't mean you. When we say inclusive, what we really mean is like everyone but you, mostly. And that's inclusion. And uh, of course, you have to teach all children that this is the most important thing. So we have to do this at the earliest possible level, right? You have to teach small children in Ames, Iowa to engage in Black Lives Matter at school, week of action in your public schools. These are very important things that you have to do to forward diversity, equity, and inclusion, all of which is designed to indoctrinate kids in the idea that all argumentation is stupid, that reason is bad, that discussions are wrong, and that everything is a reflection of power, so be quiet. So Ben Shapiro's commentary on this is absolutely brilliant because what he's what he's trying to point out is the absolute absurdity of these woke universities and these woke medical groups and medical practices that are administering the woke ideology and the beneficiaries of the woke ideology, which is diversity, equity, inclusion. And really, we're messing with our medical communities. We're messing with academia. We're messing with our kids. It's like I talked to you guys yesterday it falls in the same category as social emotional learning. This is the cult of wokeness. And it's the same thing that we've been seeing marching through our universities and our schools for a long time. My friend Rod Dreyer wrote an awesome article for the American Conservative, which I will link to in the show notes today. But he was talking specifically about what diversity, equity, and inclusion uh, practices are doing to our medical community. In other words, what they're doing is they're saying, you can't think outside of what we say. You can think this is Marxism. This is communism. It's ridiculous. And he says, anyone sitting in a medical classroom, whether faculty or student, who questions the ideological claptrap of wokeism and diversity, equity, and inclusion, or its relevance to the practice of medicine, is going to understand perfectly well the cost to them of speaking out against it. This is classic totalitarian practice, labeling slavery as freedom and repeating it so often that people come to believe it. We saw this happen in the Rona, didn't we? With the constant fear mongering and the constant, uh, the constant propaganda that we saw coming out of our government institutions. And Rod Dreher absolutely nails us. He says because of diversity, equity and inclusion, a lot of people are going to die or at the very least, they're going to suffer. Listen to what he wrote in his book, Live Not By Lies. And if you guys have never picked this book up, now's a great time to do it. I'll link back to it in the show notes today. He wrote this and I quote, a Soviet born U.S. physician told me after I agreed not to use his name that he never posts anything remotely controversial on his social media because he knows that the human resources department at his hospital monitors employee accounts for evidence of disloyalty to the progressive diversity and inclusion creed. The same doctor disclosed that social justice ideology is forcing physicians like him to ignore their medical training and judgment when it comes to transgender health. He said it is not permissible within his institution to advise gender dysphoric patients against treatments they desire, 
even when a physician believes it is not in the particular patient's health interest. How long will physicians be able to counsel people to lose weight for the sake of health without being condemned as fat phobic thought criminals? We laugh, but this is coming. The United States built one of the best and most advanced healthcare systems in the world. We've got problems with it for sure, but now ideologues are going to tear it apart to advance a political religion. This is not theoretical. This is actually happening. And who dares to stand up to it? Rod Dreher is an American hero, much uh, much like Jordan Peterson, for speaking out against the woke ideology that includes diversity, equity, and inclusion. I've been really disappointed to see some universities, including Liberty University, open up a DEI office. This is just caving to the woke mob. It's saying what they believe when they say equality. Well, you got to understand, they're not talking about equality. They're talking about equity. They're talking about the equal outcome, not the equal opportunity. Here in the United States, we believe in equal opportunity. So we're going to open the opportunity up to everyone, no matter your sex, no matter your the color of your skin, no matter the socioeconomic background that you came from in the United States. And while it doesn't always happen, and yes, there are problems, but as a general rule, we have always believed in equality. And so when when the DEI uh, woke social justice warriors come to your place of employment or to your hospital and to your medical boards and they bring the idea in of uh, equity, what they are looking at is the equity, the the equal outcome. So you may work much harder than the person next to you, but equity would say he gets the same outcome that you get. This is hurting us on a hundred different levels and we're watching people not be able to tell the truth anymore because they're not sure if they're if their job will put up with them telling the truth. This is what happens when diversity, equity, inclusion, and it's not diverse thought, by the way. It's what's so fascinating about this. This is like Antifa in Portland, right? So Antifa, the anti-fascist, which I put in air quotes, Antifa is supposed to be the anti-fascist. They actually are full-blown fascists, right? And the people who are saying, we want it, we want diversity, equity, inclusion, they don't want diversity. They want groupthink, which is the opposite of diversity. They don't want inclusion unless you say in by inclusion they mean if you go outside of our ideological boundary you will not be included that's what they mean that's why i'm saying it's completely opposite and equity i just told you it's not equality which is what this country was founded on it's equity which is the opportunity for you not to have the outcome that you deserve it's just the opportunity that they believe is equitable to the person right next door to you no matter what they did no matter if they studied or if they didn't uh, it's it's the equal opportunity of outcome, not equal opportunity. And I hope that makes sense. DEI is a lie. And that's why I love Jordan Peterson turning around to say D-I-E. I'm going to link back to some really great videos that I hope you guys will take the time to watch. These are issues that we need to be able to talk about in the public square with some measure of confidence, because these are the issues that our children are going to be facing going forward. DEI falls in the same category as social emotional learning, as critical race theory, and as uh, comprehensive sex education. All these acronyms that the woke left has brought in and is literally destroying the culture with, we've got to be speaking out against it. If you've never read uh, Rod Dreher's book, and in fact, I think I'm going to give him a call and see if he'll come on the show with me at some point here and talk about DEI because he handles it so very well. Also, my friend, Pastor John Amanchuku, went to his school board in Wake County, North Carolina, and he gave them a piece of his mind, talking about how diversity and equity and inclusion is hurting the students there. 
because they're no longer focusing on reading, writing, and arithmetic, and thereby they're destroying the very thing they say they want. They're looking for uh, they're looking for equity. They're looking for to to help their kids rise. But the problem is these kids are not reading on grade level. They're not performing mathematically. They're not going to be able to get jobs in fields like STEM, which is what John rightly pointed out, because the school is wasting money on diversity, equity, and inclusion while they're failing students in the name of diversity. It's backward. It's upside down. It's completely what's wrong with this country right now. It's a lack of intellectual honesty and a willingness to embrace the absurd. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back. So the next question comes from Haley in Virginia. She says, hi, Heidi. I listen to you every night on my walks and really love hearing your stance on many important issues. Recently, you've been talking about how we need more pastors who will be courageous from the pulpit. I fear that my pastor, who I respect and love dearly, has been shying away from serious issues. Where he was once more bold, I sense cowardice. I feel like it needs to be addressed, but I don't know how to say it, what I'm thinking or feeling. We attend a very large church, so unfortunately, we don't have a personal relationship with him or any of our campus pastors. Uh, So any encouragement? Absolutely. So Haley, first of all, you're not alone. This is happening all over the country. And I've been telling parents for a long time, and I'm just going to keep saying it. We have got to hold our pastors to the biblical standard of training up people in their churches by discipling them in the truth of the word of God. That means that we don't shy away from the cultural issues that are shaping the culture. These are the issues, and this is why I've been talking about SEL and why I've been talking about critical race theory and why I've been talking about uh, comprehensive sex education, CSE for sure. We are injuring our children. It has gotten to the point where it is so out of control, largely because the church has been relatively silent. Now, this isn't the case in all churches, of course, and I'm making a broad generalization. And so at the risk of painting the entire church with too broad of a brush, There are a few pastors who do not uh, kowtow to the modern day woke culture that we're seeing so many churches, particularly the woke churches, the progressive Christians. Uh, I've talked about the emergent church. We studied progressive Christianity at MomStrong International uh, last month, especially. But the most important thing that we know that we know as Christians is that the plumb line for everything that we see in the culture has got to come from the word of God. If it doesn't come from the word, it comes from the world. And if it comes from the world, we got to hold it up to the light of scripture and say, is this the right ideology or isn't it? It's not hard for a Christian to poke holes into diversity, equity, and inclusion. It's not hard for Christians to poke holes into the people that tell you that babies can be slaughtered in the womb because they're parasites living off of their mothers. It's not hard to poke holes into comprehensive sex education using the word of God. So why these woke pastors won't do it is beyond me. One thing I will say for sure is that I believe, and I've been saying this for a long time, so pardon me for upsetting some of you, but the fact that we've taken advantage of 501c3 nonprofit statuses and we've allowed it to silence our voices because we're worried we will lose our tax status, which at the end of the day, by the way, is very unlikely to happen. And the very fact 
that you that the churches have allowed this tax status to silence them is evidence that we don't understand our proper role in the world. God has given us an incredible opportunity right now to speak truth to a culture that desperately needs it. And if you're going to a church where your pastors are cowards and they're more interested in making sure that they've got an awesome barista in the lobby than whether or not you know God's word and can defend it in the public square, find another church. Find another church. It's one of the reasons why I so love the ministry of Answers in Genesis. And my friend Ken Ham, who is boldly proclaiming the word of God without apology and without reservation. That's what needs to be happening in our schools right now. It's why I so love the ministry of John Amanchukwu and why I so appreciate the Benham brothers and why I so love Rob McCoy and Rick Green and Pastor Jack Hibbs, who are actually bringing the word of God unapologetically to large audiences week after week after week. Pray for your pastors. Because I've seen this as a pastor's wife. For 20 years, my husband was a pastor. And we watched as churches got larger and larger, they they do become more and more afraid because there's a lot more at stake. When your church is really large and you've got a big, beautiful building, you've got a big, beautiful mortgage to pay. And if you offend somebody, maybe they'll go to another church and they won't keep tithing. I actually heard a pastor one day refer to the people at his church as tithing units, giving units. When we start seeing the people that come to our churches as opportunities to bring in more tithing members, we are losing sight of what we are supposed to be doing. And so I I know that a lot of you get frustrated when I say leave the church, but I'm not actually kidding. I think we need to start evaluating whether or not the churches that we are attending are taking their rightful place in the culture as beacons of hope and places where people are actually discipled, not just brought into the church, but discipled in the church. And discipleship takes time. Discipleship takes a commitment to knowing the word. It's why I studied, it's why I began the ministry that is Mom Strong International, because as I survey the landscape of churches, I'm noticing that they're not focusing on teaching these mothers the truth of God's word. And mothers are the ones who are spending time with their children day after day after day. Mothers are the ones who are making breakfast for their kids and talk to them about what's happening in the culture. Moms need to know the word of God. And we're not going to know it if we're not going to take time to study it. And rather than study the word for now, probably 15, 20, 30 years, I've watched as church women's ministries in particular. We have people come in on a Wednesday morning and we drop our kids off at the nursery and we kibitz over, you know, cookies and tea about how hard it is to be married. And we gripe about our husbands. Then we pick our kids up from the nursery and we go home and we just missed an opportunity, an hour and a half that we would have had to open up God's word and learn how to rightly divide it. This is the same thing that's happening with our men's ministries. I just saw a church a couple of weeks ago that's having a Bible study called Beers, uh, Beer in the Bible, right? And so they're trying to attract the men in the community to come and study the Bible by letting them know, hey, we're going to also learn how to make a home-crafted beer. Now, listen, this isn't me saying that uh, I, don't, I think drinking beer is a sin. You guys have heard me talk about this before. The Bible is very clear. Drunkenness is the sin. But if you have to entice men to come and study the Bible by telling them that you will also teach them how to make handcrafted beers, something is wrong. The Bible is worthy of study all by itself. The Bible is life. It brings hope. It's a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. It's truth searing into the midst of darkness and lies. And if we have to uh, entice the men in our churches to come and do it with anything other than, hey, do you want to hear what God says? We got a problem. 
and we need to address it. And so, as you can see, I feel pretty passionate about this because the church by and large is failing. The men and women that are taking time out to come every single week, we can love the men and women that come into our churches and tell them the truth at the same time. God's word is relevant to your life right now. The Bible says that the grass will wither and the flower will fade. The world is going to change. It's going to tilt funny on its axis. It's going to attract all kinds of wrong teaching, but the Bible never changes. The word of God never passes away. And I don't know about you guys, but I'm going to side with the living God, the creator of heaven and earth. This is where the answers are found and they won't be found by the next generation unless we teach them to study God's word and we teach them that God's word is authoritative and worthy of study. So I appreciate that question coming in. You guys, the church has got to do a better job. And while we wait for that to happen, can I just encourage you guys, you don't need to go to Bible study to study the Bible. You just need to open it up. If you've already accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you have the gift of the Holy Spirit who will help you understand the things that you are reading. If you are a woman and you want to get to know God's word better, join me at MomStrong International. I teach every Tuesday there. And uh, we're studying God's word as it relates to the culture right now. This was the purpose of MomStrong International when we launched it in the first place. Speaking of MSI, I have a brand new book coming out and we are going to be offering you guys the chance to pre-order that book very soon. It is a 365-day devotional for mothers and grandmothers, anyone who has influence in the life of a child. Actually, that book, while I wrote it for moms, it's really good for any mom, any woman who wants to get into the word. It is called Mom Strong 365, Everyday Truths for Everyday Moms. You guys are going to love it. So, uh, and I'm just super excited that it's done. I saw the cover the other day. I can't believe it. Yay, it's finally in print. This is exciting. And it will come out in 2023. You guys, we love you so much. This is the time of year we love to hear from you. You can write to me. Send us a Christmas card, you guys. Snail mail me, Heidi St. John, Care of Firmly Planted Family. 11100 Northeast 34th Circle, Vancouver, Washington, 98682. If you love this podcast, if you are, if you care about the ministry that we are doing to bring resource centers to families all over the country so that other parents can have access to the homeschool resource center, uh, we would love your financial support. Those gifts are tax deductible and you can make them out to firmly planted family. 11100 Northeast 34th Circle, Vancouver, Washington, 98682, or you can find us online at fphrc.org. If you guys have questions or comments that you would like me to address here on the air, the way to do that is to go to the Heidi St. John podcast forward slash mailbox Monday. Have a great day, everybody. I'm going to come back here with a very special guest tomorrow. You guys are going to be super blessed. So tune in tomorrow right here at the intersection of faith and culture.